0: I'm on the wrong side today of the uh, Marketing Money Podcast. Let me ramp up my energy. Got some great guys in the studio. Missing a great guy. We don't have Johnny Oxford here. He is on um, whatever. What do we want to call this? Approved leave? Not really. Yeah, not really. Um, So welcome to Marketing Money Podcast, everybody. uh, Super excited. You've um, heard both John and me talk about... um, Rain, Rain Local, and um, we have three of the key members of the Rain Local team here: Ben Ramo, James McCool. Right?
1: That's right. McCool is
0: McCool. real cool. Real
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason we hired him. Everybody. <laughs> that's the reason we hired be, him. With, 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 we so
0: hired him for his last with name. Some, <laughs> <that's what laughs> with <happened>. some irony, <laughs> Sammy D'Amico. <laughs> D'Amico.
2: Yeah. D D. D, D. 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 Little apostrophe in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to pronounce the. The apostrophe. Truth be told, I don't either, so let's roll with it.
0: It's D'Amico. I mean, I've always... D'Amico. D'Amico. Okay. Hey. Weirdly hey. enough, I think everybody but James is Italian, and no one looks particularly Italian except for maybe James. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. To, not very much
3: Irish. Yeah. Yeah. I got two blonde Italian guys here. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> My middle name's Gennaro. My last name's Rainbow. I'm pretty sure I'm Italian, but I have white blonde hair, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Have you heard the term toe headed? Like, does, is that like. I mean, I've heard
3: toe headed, Q tip. Uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot. I've got some nicknames. Okay. We're not going to get into it here today.
0: Well, what we do want to get into, thanks for the segue, is um, talking about how banks can improve their marketing like we normally do on Marketing Money Podcast, but this one's very, very specific. Um, I think banks out there, um, all of you have either heard. Um, you know, from from some sort of email list or um, some sort of webinar or whatever from your CEO when he went to a conference or whatever, like digital, like go do some digital. And I've I've heard it. I've gotten these calls that our bank needs to do digital, uh, which is a pretty broad term. We're gonna we're gonna hone in a little bit more um, than than digital. But talking about um, picking these guys' brains on how banks can improve um, their digital offerings. Um, but specifically around geo-targeted mobile digital advertising. Is that fair? Correct. That's right. Okay. Um, so, somebody just tell us what we need to do to fix everything. <laughs> no, so, I'll lead us in. So, you know, really what this – the basis of, of this for us um, is the way that I approach this, um, the way John uh, has approached this and the way that we've discussed this and the reason we have so much um, rapport and trust with our partners in Rain is um, – No matter what sort of media that you're buying, so if we consider anything, billboard TV, radio, newspaper, if you're consuming any of those media, you have something also very close to you, and that's your your cell phone. You live your life in it, you play games in it, you communicate through it. And um, what Rain's been able to unlock for us is that connection with that client um, in a very very for us simple way But with you guys, it's it's much more complex what you bring to the table So um, I don't know do you want to give us some more color on you know I gave the 30,000 foot view of what you guys do who wants to jump in and and give the correct me and give the better version
1: Yeah, I mean I could kind of take a stab at it really I mean the the main thing right now is where where where's everybody consuming their media, you know, where where is? Where are these? Um, where are the eyeballs? You know, and used for a long time it was TV, and, and for a long time everybody was listening to the radio primarily, but uh, you know, recently it's it's, you know, nearly you know rough, roughly seventy percent of media consumption is taking place on phones right now or mobile devices. So it's so it really comes down to you have to catch people where they're looking. So I mean, there's a there's a lot of different ways. I think Samuel probably jump into some of the details in a little while, but I mean, you know, you've got there's so much transactional data that is captured from everything that you do on your phone. So you're able to track people. People are segmented by different audience types. You know, you've got um, every bank has a first party data list of existing customers that you're able to kind of layer into campaigns and reach, you know, for a lot of cross selling opportunities there. And then, you know, the the GPS chip in phones is one of the most powerful tools ever to come out from a marketing standpoint. So you can actually serve people contextually and geographically relevant ads based on their locations.
0: I think another funny thing is, you know, this, the the assumption, which is true. I mean, it's been proven true that your phone is listening to you, but a lot of that isn't your phone actually physically audibly listening to you from the microphone. It is listening to your behavior, where you go, where you stop, where you spend time. And that's a degree, to a degree, a larger degree, when it overlays, you went to this website, then you went to this store, then you behave this way at this certain place. um, It's much more than your phone is listening to you. Um, but in, a, in an anonymized way, and being able to use this device. That again, that's so why I say, if you're watching TV, and, the, and, a, and a commercial comes on, if you're watching live TV, which we would normally advertise in, and a commercial comes on, you're gonna you're gonna pick up your phone. pick up your phone, yeah. It's boring. A football game, baseball game, movie is boring. You're gonna pick up your phone. Your phone vibrates. You're gonna pick up your phone. And so, if you're going to advertise in any of these media, again, what I keep going back to, what we tell people is. And I mean, this is probably going to be, I don't know, maybe the most salesy one podcast we've ever done. But I mean, this is something that, I mean, it's just there. I mean, we don't have to go tell people to breathe oxygen, you
3: know? Yeah, um, I mean, it's. But
0: this is what this is.
3: Yeah, it's not even just that or just on TV. If you're reading a magazine and you see an ad, not just for banks, but maybe a restaurant, the first thing you're going to do is go on your phone. Go on Yelp, see what the reviews are, and that's just how it is. And it's the first thing you look at when you wake up. Generally, your alarm is on your cell phone. Last thing you look at before you go to sleep, whether you're planning your day for business the next day in your calendar, or just reading news stories or whatever it might be, that's kind of what it is now, and it's not changing. Yeah, I watched. um, There's, uh, we need to find it on
0: YouTube just for the for the whatever of it. So there was a, I remember, this was 15 years ago, there was a Today special. I remember seeing this in the morning, on Today's show on NBC. One of their correspondents, they challenged him to go um, a week without his Blackberry at that point. And this is, you know, this is pre iPhone, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it had to be pre iPhone. And the guy, um, so they're interviewing him towards the end of it, like he was on location, away from his family. For seven to ten days, and they challenged him to do this without his cell phone and this guy's in tears i mean he he was you know again, this was before sort of the addiction kicked in, and it's only gotten worse i couldn't I couldn't text my wife, I couldn't call, and we're they were an like email you have email. a you have a phone in your hotel room, and he was i mean it was this like yeah, yeah I mean you know <laughs> what I'm saying like he wasn't yeah. separated, but it was this sort of and and one of the things you know uh, thought experiments I do with somebody, um, when I'm talking to them about this, if their cell phone's out, I'll act like I'm going to grab it. And I mean, you have a visceral reaction <laughs> if somebody tries to, tr- tries to grab your phone, even if you're not like doing anything off color or whatever, you're, whoa, 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 get your hands back. That's an extension of me. So it's really a deeply impactful, um, I mean, it's not even a platform anymore. It's, you you know, you have, it's an extension of you fingers, 10 toes, one cell phone. It's, it's
2: a part of you. It knows, I think it knows more about you than, than yourself really. You know, it's combined all of the the things you're, you're thinking about, you're, you're searching as you go throughout the day, all the places you visit, the people you interact with. I mean, it's, it's, it's using all that to really, to find out who you are as a person and really what your, what your next move is going to be. And so, you know, using that, you know, a lot of different companies, a lot of different banks are able to make uh, assumptions about who a person is you know and what sort of product they need next and it, it's scary I mean we all know that feeling of we think our phones are listening to us and that's why we're seeing something we talked about or thought about or you know but talked you did about with take some
0: action around it yeah at, exactly at same or someone
2: near you took some action yeah. around it you know you could be around a friend who's mentioning something to you and then you see that ad the next day on Instagram and you think oh my god it's my phone's listening to me and, and no it's actually via you know Bluetooth or Wi-Fi proximity you, you know you're next to someone who is interested in a certain product now they're going to serve that up to you as you know you're likely to be interested in that same thing so you know people have all these ideas that are that our phones are are you know listening to us are, are being able to to hear our conversations look through our texts but really it's just they are they know us better than we know ourselves
0: and they're observing you with a, with an unbiased view it's your pure behavior by the way i have to do something to get out of my system every time after one of you guys stop talking i want to do the npr callback style that was Sammy D'Amico telling us about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and have a little music in the yeah. background as well. You know, I
0: don't know if you guys listen to much of that, but it's yes. always like right after somebody talked. Yes, that was Sammy D'Amico giving us some insight on what a. Well, if like. you're going to do it, you have to <laughs> no, say I'm, in the radio yeah.
2: voice, absolutely. <laughs> I have
0: to really get my mellow. I don't know what this comes across like. Get your
2: Ira Glass on over yeah. there.
0: <laughs> I, know, I can't do that one. Even Ira Glass has talked about how he doesn't like his voice, but I think comparatively I like my voice less than ira glass likes he's made much more money with his than i have mine (laughs) But (laughs) let just wait and see (laughs) but this is absolutely true that you have this um people get creeped out by this and it was kind of kind of like in that era where instagram like people had to put like their instagram bill of rights up like this is my content and all this stuff and i'm just like you why like you want to maintain your ip and your copyright around your crappy photo of your plate of food or whatever your food selfie or whatever but you're getting a free platform that's worth millions of dollars i mean any of us that grew up in the long distance era are that i don't know if you guys did this where like um um on the early cell phone days like um, I've got free incoming calls call me back or whatever I don't I don't know if you guys lived through that era yeah. uh,
3: I actually did <laughs> yeah, in, yeah in eighth grade I got my first cell phone one of those Nokia's that yeah. had snake on it and brick then, phone. yeah and then snake two came out and it, it was a game changer but yeah absolutely I have minutes after six or seven o'clock yeah, or back. whatever you didn't really text message it took forever to send a text because you have to press like three Buttons a number five to get to whatever letter, but yeah, absolutely. Little known fact: Mary Megan Mabus, my wife, won some
0: BlackBerry. Um, there was a cell phone like pop up, you know, these things. You know, come check out T Mobile, whatever. Um, and it was like who can? They had a little game set up where Sue who so could text this message the most accurate and the fastest. And I think she won. I think she won a BlackBerry, and I did a, the next round, and I won one. I beat everybody around there on the the classic Nokia.
2: Oh, man, that's an accomplishment on those types of phones, too. You know, I mean, now we have a touch keyboard and all this, but if you had to. Well, it was
0: tactile. I mean, you shouldn't be texting and driving, but I will tell you this. (laughs) I can text and drive with that, like, without looking.
1: (laughs) I
3: just feel that. I knew where it was. I was watching a movie with my friend recently, and he's like, what are you doing? You know, you're watching the movie where you're doing something on your phone. Well, I'm writing an email. He's like, yeah, right he's like show me so his name's garrett so i write a message to garrett it's a good four sentences and i show him and he was actually impressed he but was like could... blown away so like, oh my gosh yeah oh, it's an just... extension of you it's like when you're writing on your keyboard when you're typing something on your computer you're not looking at all the yeah. keys or well, most be. people aren't but yeah. yeah i'm also from the era where they you were at a keyboard
0: and they covered up your hands with like a towel and you had to, <laughs> had to type so right
2: yeah <laughs> i remember those mavis, mavis beacon, mavis beacon. Mavis. oh there we go uh, You're that good. That.
0: you could drive the little red car with absolutely your yeah
2: yeah
3: um i mean while we're on the topic it's just if you think about it you know it it's scary to some people or they start thinking okay well how much am i really using my phone well how many of you are listening to this podcast right this second on, on your, your phone? phone Yeah, absolutely probably half yeah
0: well, I mean, at a bank, more than half, because no, they don't give bankers speakers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on their work. I did
3: not know that fact. Well, Thank you for sharing.
0: But but where I was getting is, you know, this Instagram—the value proposition of being able to communicate in real time with human beings all across the globe, giving you a platform to reach thousands, depending on your influence, if not millions of people, with rich media, and you're gonna like. Oh, you took my you you, all, you you can use my my image in an advertising campaign for you. That's a pretty good trade off. And so this value of um, I, I don't know that we fully embraced. And and I guess it's sort of human to look at this device adversarially or with a, a an askance view of its doing this. But it's also I, I'll tell you something and I'll I want to give it back to you guys. I mean, but about it, um, advertising in particular, Instagram obviously owned by Facebook. Um, I think their behavioral model is better than facebook's because i'm delivered much more relevant advertising via instagram than anywhere else and to it's a point to, to the point where i'm curating my feed of who i follow and don't follow to affect the advertising that i get and sort of the real content is there because for me um as an agency owner um the hobbies i have are like woodworking and things like that I want it to discover things I don't know. I want uh, I want it to tell me about a new project management system or a, or you know, some something that's additive to my business. I found incredibly valuable software and 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 stuff to help me run my business via Instagram ads. I mean, it's just a to me, it's my favorite environment to play in.
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, why would you? You know, people don't like advertisements sometimes. You know, they're looking at oh, well, it's clogging my feed. But then when you get an actual relevant ad to what your interests are, I go to the gym sometimes, you know what I mean? And I get those ads for products that I did not know about that are really beneficial to what I do. I didn't know about it. I was educated about it. And then I bought them. Yeah. Or dog toys for my dog. Okay, well, I don't have to go to the pet store now. James I can order screwed on that deal, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he kind of yeah, did. I, I
0: absolutely. You got
1: the They got the business, though. You, you know? got the bort. They backs. got the, the right yeah. message in front of the right eyeball. His oh,
3: dogs wouldn't even touch them. It was pretty <laughs> funny. I was out. there, and neither would my dog that loves toys. It's, it's just it was, chemical. They yeah, just love. looked at it, they're like, nope, thanks, Dad. Well, here's
0: here's what I plug back into that is it's that old, you know, direct mail always equals junk mail. Well, no, not if you got the right message at the right time. Junk mail is, it's not relevant to me at the moment. So let's use that as a master segue. Um, Sammy, we barely let you talk because we're all salespeople. (laughs) (laughs) And you're the guy that actually makes the thing work. (laughs) Um, But let's talk about that, about how we can avoid um, the junk mail thing because uh, of how we can provide value in these valuable
2: um, interactions. Well, you know, and I think you bring up a really good point. And I think it's just honestly, it's understanding mobile as a platforming, being able to leverage all of the data that's available out there in the right way. Um, so, you know, with, with other approaches like TV or radio or print, you might not have an idea of what your audience segment is going to be like. So, you know, this type, these type of people read this, you know, uh, magazine that's in, involved in this specific, you know, segment of society or, you know, the people who are watching this channel in this area might be in, have this specific net worth. Or, um, you know, the, the people who are listening to this radio might be interested in these things. It's a big macro
0: bucket since you're trying to throw something into that bucket.
2: Exactly. And and, and for me, when I compare it to mobile, it seems like such a shotgun approach. And now let me be clear, all of those other channels, they definitely have a place in the, me- in the majority of marketing campaigns. You know, there's- yeah, If
0: you're going to sell a Citizen Watch, putting it in Forbes is not a bad idea. Exactly. But there may be a better idea.
2: That's true. I mean, it should all be supplemented really, you know, if you're going to if you're going to target a certain market with this in a specific channel, you should make sure you have the other channels aligned as well. Um, you know, with that same creative, that same messaging and going after that same ideal customer. Um, and so, you know, mobile our phones know everything about us based on, you know, you talked about how you were getting ads for being an agency owner. I bet that Facebook and Instagram know you're an agency owner based on what you follow, maybe matching the profile of other agency owners. Well, and the fact that know, I'm
0: logged in, I'm
2: browsing. At I'm your showing agency. up to
0: events. Yeah, I'm doing all of that. <laughs> exactly. And I, and, and, and I spend, I mean, the, the other thing I don't think that people notice, I'm sorry to, I mean, that's the way this podcast works is by, we converse by interruption. I don't think anybody realizes fully how you, we talk about the GPS chip and the phone um, being one of the most important things, but also the clock tied on top of this. People freaked out when Google dropped this when restaurants are busy um thing like peak hours and all that. Um but that's based on where you are and 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 how long you're there. I spend you know 90% of my time at an ad agency. It's safe to assume that I work for an ad agency. And it's exactly why Google Maps I I used to love beating my Garmin, you know, like, "Oh, it doesn't gonna be there at 4:30. Screw you, I'm there at 3:50." Um You can't beat Google Maps because they have millions of anonymized users out there and they're aggregating that data for how long that trip takes. It's smarter than us. Sorry.
2: It is. No, like, it really you is. Any- I mean, you're, you're right, though. You're, it's a great point because location, data, and really that that that's everything. You know, I mean, there's all these apps that are constantly harvesting that data. You know, there's dating apps if you're single. There's map apps, weather apps. Sometimes
1: if you're not. Sometimes if you're not, <laughs> yeah. that's right. And special apps for that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about yeah. some <laughs> James. Please elaborate. James spoke up really quick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, you know, I mean, in reality, it's like app publishers have access to this data and they're, they're, they're selling it. It's constantly getting transferred around. And it's like you're... And added on to and lumped together and, and appended. Exactly. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's, uh, it's, there's, all this, there's all this context based on location and time where these companies can add you to a specific, you know, bucket, if you will. You know, hey, this person is leaving their house at, uh, at eight in the morning, going to work at nine, and they're in this office building. They're likely a professional. You know, or this person's going to this side of the city. Maybe they're maybe they're more blue collar. They're full time. They're part time. They work in a specific industry. They they're, spend
0: thirty minutes um, in front of a school yep. um, every afternoon. They're probably a parent. That's
2: right. Or a know? nanny. They they go when they go home. They're going home to an, is it an apartment? Is it a house? You know, is it a, a high income in this area? Is it you know how long have they been going back to that same place? Did they recently move? You know, are they going? Where are they going to eat for lunch every day? There's so much that people can, you know, that these companies can figure out about people based on where they're visiting and based on the time that they're visiting that place.
0: And so these things being able to, I mean, we we don't talk nearly as much anymore about like, I think it's because the companies like Claritas, which is sort of back, um, and Nielsen and some of these data companies, we used to talk about life stages way, way more. But then these macro things, like you're having a child, so maybe whatever. Now it's like these micro life stages, like... Um. somebody told me um, we're talking about uh, automotive advertising, like these crazy used car ads where everybody's like, I don't know if they do this where you guys are, but like yelling at, come on oh, down. Yeah. You know? No, they do. I think yeah. they
3: do those everywhere. And so
0: um, I never understood why those worked. I talked to this consultant in the arena and he said, well, what you need to understand is when someone buys a used car for 72 hours around that purchase, they're insane. They, they, like if you tested them, they're not making rational choices. And they just finally are like, oh, i buying a car. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Because um, you found the one you wanted, especially in the used market, because you probably had something very specific in mind. Um, you know, I want this – I mean, because it could be any year model, but I want this year model, this color, this interior. And then when you find it, you make that decision. So it's actually not this like I'm about to have a baby or about to buy my first home. It's micro. Being able to um, – plug into those moments, I guess, more than anything, um, especially on the bank side,
2: is, I think, incredibly important. I agree. I agree. Those micro life stages are incredibly important. You know, someone who's maybe frequenting bankrate.com or some of these other sites to compare mortgages, hey, they're probably looking to buy a house. They're visiting local mortgage officer you know, uh, locations. Um, there's a lot of things that you can pinpoint based on that.
0: And hopefully bank rates not listening. Um, I bet they're not, but I mean, bank rate, <laughs> if you guys out there, your listeners have talked to them about their advertising rates and their legion sort of thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you are listening bank rate, I haven't found the value in it yet. Um, <laughs> because as a one singular use platform, you know, a strong table has four legs or, you know, at least a couple, three, I guess if it's a you stool maybe, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the point is, if you go just a bank rate, you're only going through that lens of bank rate. But if they've gone to bank rate, Quicken Loans, I mean, we can begin to build this wider net sort of profile around them, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, what we've been speaking about here is third-party data. And that's wonderful for new client acquisition or targeting the right person with the right ad. But the other half of it is first-party data. If you want to communicate with your clients about an a new acquisition, it might be, hey, your bank name's about to change. Don't freak out because you don't you don't want to walk into a bank one day and see all this different branding and no. you know, it's crazy. You need or even to more passive,
0: it. like these are good guys, this is a great bank. You know, you would
3: love to have them as your bank. Well, my bank just changed. That's ironic. Yeah, you, I mean, you just educate them about something that's coming up. All these banks have an email list of everyone that's in their bank or even, even to get more granular, they have a list of everyone that has a checking account, but not a paid checking account. And there's a lot of different products, like Bazing's for one of them, and it's coming up, hey, this is about to launch, in two months let me tell my clients about it before yeah you would, hey, love, this is you would coming. love
0: bazing if you could have it
3: yeah or not just really anything bazing. like when, here's these benefits exactly. or any product yeah. really or our rates are about to change whatever it is this is happening soon let's talk to my clients not your you new client acquisition but let's talk to our clients and you can seed the market you Absolutely. know already
0: and so one of the things i want to uh, 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 two dots i want to connect i mean ben you you make great points but i want to make sure that the audience when we're talking about this first party data list and we're so i don't want anybody to be lost we're talking about an email list and digital advertising at the same time the power of merging those two in this first party data is being able to target those people who you already have direct access to in a benign environmental way um using we we you guys um rain um can build this profile for those ex- existing clients and you know you're reaching them, this sort of one-to-one existing thing. And it, it you have two facets of advertising right there. You have your nurturing internal list that you're getting directly into their inbox. And then, holy cow, I'm seeing this when I'm at the grocery store as well.
3: Yeah, and Sammy's kind of a mastermind in this. Can you just tell us like a little bit more about a lookalike audience? I, before
0: that, I just want everybody to get in their mind um, what Sammy looks like. He's got this white lab
2: coat on. He's <laughs> he um,
0: holding a beaker. He's our mad science. I don't scientists. know what the beakers bubbling
2: fluids in these beakers. I don't know what that is. It's first party data. It's, it's first party. <laughs> okay. He's
0: mixing them together. Um, no, the the great part about Sammy is is not only is he uh, a genius, but he's one of the nicest guys that we work with. So it's um really fantastic to work with somebody that um that can actually communicate this stuff and doesn't like go super quant like out here like well actually <laughs> sometimes as i push my glasses yeah, up on my nose sometimes he does his glasses drop <laughs> and he does have to push push them back onto the bridge of his nose but no i mean it, it does some really fantastic stuff so yeah
2: well you know to talk a little bit about uh first party data so we're we're talking about the data you have on your customers and uh you know, the most powerful data point is really gonna be your email. So you think about, um, you know, just you, yourself. When you're out there, you're signing up for a new account on a website. You're signing up for an app. You're, you're doing anything, interacting digitally. Your email is the actual identifier that is gonna get associated with, um, with, you, with you as you're browsing your phone, as you're browsing the web on your desktop.
0: And, and I just wanna talk a little bit about this. So it's your, your, your unique ID. That's right. And it also is tied to your advertising profile that your, your mobile device creates for you and it's also your account login. So just I, I'm just trying to make sure that we connect those dots. I mean, it is it is you, it is your fingerprint.
2: Yep. It is, and so we're able to basically, we'll take that list of, of emails and we're able to associate it with two different types of IDs that are really important on digital. And that's the cookie, and that's gonna be on the web, and then a mobile uh, device ID, and that's how we're gonna be able to target you on your phone. And so with your email, you can go to a company like Facebook or Google or Snapchat, uh, LiveRamp's another big data company, And you were able to associate that information with the cookie and device ID. And now we're able to target that quote unquote email using that information as they go everywhere on the web and on their phone. And so we were able to to serve ads to a specific person based on a digital identifier.
0: Now is it one-to-one or now is it...
3: Don't look at me, look at Sammy.
0: First party data. First party data. First party data. First party da- da- data. data is it data or data? That's can we, can we It's
3: tomato tomato. Yeah.
0: Data. I just, I just try it's to it's spring, data for me. I try to sprinkle the conversation <laughs> with both. It's just so I'm, I'm only I'm only half wrong at you any have to point. To both I audiences. Just it every time. But it's yeah. absolutely could be one to one as well.
2: Correct. Correct. And the, and it's um You know, there's a lot of fun things you can do with this as well. You can target someone one-to-one. And I think Ben earlier was talking about um, a lookalike audience or sort of looking at an audience profile. So, you know, once you have a list of people and you have the information on them and you're able to match it to a digital identifier, you can now look at what that segment of digital identifiers has been doing. So, you know, are they, do they all like golf? Do they all, you know, eat at a certain type of restaurant? Are they all a certain age? Are they majority a certain gender? You know using all that information, we're able to then put together a profile of who those people are and then create an additional list of people based on that other list
0: so two things I want to make sure that we, we're not necessarily close, but I mean we do try to keep this around twenty minutes, but two things I want to make sure that we talk about one of those is a direct reaction to this because if you've listened to the podcast, you know sometimes I'm kind of devil's advocate compliance guy so I know a lot of people out there saying like, oh, uh, you know this sounds like n p i Um, non-public information, this sounds like whatever, sounds like targeting, which is um, bad um, to a degree. And we try to, you know, hey, we're advertising to everyone. Um, And then equal opportunity to um, LMI, low to moderate income area. So I want to talk about that, sort of how to balance that approach. And, you know, and, and sometimes we've used we've actually balanced it by running two different or multivari you know, um, CRA me- and yeah. A yeah. Campaign, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, and then another thing I just, so you can kind of, all you guys can be thinking about it is, um, or, well, I'll just jump in and we'll pick back up on, on, on the other is, um, geo conquesting because everybody always wants to talk and ask about geo Personally, I've never been a fan of it just from the golden rule. Like I don't want somebody conquesting me. I don't like when people buy my name and their ad words like it, like hey, let's not play that game. Like that's that's pretty lowbrow to put Mabus Agency and you know to have that bought. Whatever, some people do. If you're listening, screw you. <laughs> um, I know you're doing it. Whatever, um, but it's just a little. It's low. Like we have higher and better things to do than than just go pick these little things, but geoconquesting, I feel like it's a little different with banks from a very specific reason, because there there are only a few reasons why you would go into a bank. That's to open an account, to close an account, or to transact, and two-thirds of those favors a new bank. I mean, if you're opening an account, and I can catch you before you go to the teller window and open it, I can capture you. If you're closing it, I want to be the first one, while you're waiting on that person to close out your account, I'd love to pop up in an ad you're just transacting whatever you'll lose it but you win two-thirds of the time
3: yeah and what well, it is
0: maybe not two-thirds of the time <laughs> by volume but in two-thirds of the scenarios yeah
3: hmm. absolutely and then you know what it is is it sometimes levels the playing field for a community bank versus a big bank so let's just use you know a fake scenario or it could be real um a big bank uh it's changes kind of I used to ask <laughs>
0: girls out of I, I was really self-deprecating <laughs> Hey, I may or may not be joking about this, but I'd really
3: really like to take you out on a date. Yeah, if they answered positively, it's kind of like that. No, but uh, so what it is is big bank changes their free checking to pay checking with the exact same account. There aren't benefits; it doesn't change. Well, community bank still is free checking, and they geoconquest that bank at that time. Where there's a bunch of people standing in line waiting to yell at their teller or the manager or whoever. Yeah. People are upset and then you'll they, literally hold see, up their phone to the teller. Yeah, you'll you'll literally <laughs> scream you'll to see go traffic down. to that bank location that's really close by because it's a community bank. They're gonna walk in, they're gonna get a warm smile, and they're already mad at a Big Bang. So literally they could leave that yeah. day and you could see an exact reaction.
0: Another one though is a branch closing. So like this bank closes down. Um, you know, normally you're going to bank within a few miles of where you live or work and being able to capture those people when that bank closes down. You're going in to, to, to talk about some, I mean, just some free tips for you guys listening out there.
2: Well, you know, another way that you can do geo-conquesting is when people move to a new area, if you can target a data list of people who have been associated with another competing bank, but where there isn't a bank location in that new target area... It's a great way to get new uh, to get new customers. Heads exploding. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it's, it's this
0: a- underlying kind of what I would call running these traps in the background of a sophisticated multi-variant, multi-multi-level, um, sophisticated marketing campaign is: hey, we're we're seeding this whole area. If somebody shows up, we want to capture them. Um, it's not s- tied to a specific initiative, but it's something that needs to be running at all times in the background.
2: Exactly, and it's something it's it's something that we can you you can do at scale. Really, you can target all the different areas where you don't where that are in your footprint, and then just put out ads targeting you know a certain list of banks that aren't there that aren't there as well, and you you have a great marketing campaign right there. It's a great way to acquire new customers. I mean, when someone moves to a new area, they're looking for a local bank, they're looking for someone new to trust that's close to them, and it's a, it's a great tactic. It's and one we of many. They can
0: do that. They can do that.
2: Um, I think. <laughs> Not <one> vigorously. <laughs> I think one thing that we're missing. Um,
3: Is it's really important not only for your existing clients, but for new client acquisition, driving them into a branch location. Yeah. And having. I think think
0: all this digital talk, I want to jump in because, like, I love new branches.
3: I mean, having some
0: physicality matters and all of that, but we're sort of like tried to do it all online instead of saying like no, no like people still want to go into a branch it's just still yeah, advertising with it doesn't game. all have to happen out in the virtual I sphere i mean
3: yeah they could see an ad for whatever it might be and then they go into the branch location and they get there and they're like you know you have a financial advisor here right well no i didn't know that and then you have an expert telling you about different types of things and you get to go in and you get to meet with these people and really get the most educated and maybe you thought you wanted one product but you go in and you're like oh well high yield MMA hey this CD is a way better fit yeah. and they come in and they get qualified there yeah
0: and i think again i think just some people get caught up on this like digital train and forget that some stuff can still happen in the physical realm and again it's a multimedia sort of experience if the if if reality is a medium i, I remember this old nickelodeon cartoon a relatively old nickelodeon cartoon where this guy's sitting there playing a video game like a super nintendo sega genesis whatever he's on a couch and all the walls fall down and it talks about actual reality versus virtual reality i want to knock that off for us you know and just like sometimes you have to the digital space is just a space it doesn't all have to happen there
1: Right, and that's one of the other great things about mobile. I mean, you can actually build out mobile optimized landing pages for each one of your branch locations, and then you tie it right into your geo targeting, and you can actually serve, you know, add landing pages for the nearest branch with calls, text, direction requests right
3: there. So you can literally just make that connection yeah just and guess
0: what that thing is mobile it will go
3: with you yeah it'll give you the directions yeah it opens up in your google maps you see it oh wow i do want to go in there click on it and literally it's the nearest one to you and you get directions right to it yeah or you could text and and then your phone knows when you're there too on top of it absolutely
0: so i do want to go back because i you know we're we're I mean, we could do 10 parts of this and all that. We'll we'll continue to follow up in the future. But I do want to talk. I do want to answer those just sort of questions out there. Those people who are kind of hanging on the edge of their seats, if that's a ca- the case. Um, and talk, you know, um, every time we bring this up, you guys have spoken at events. Um, most of the audience, Sir John Oxford, speak about this maybe multiple times. And the question always from the audience, one of the first questions is, this sounds like targeting because it can be, but offsetting, offsetting that to satisfy the FDIC who regulates CRA um, and things like that, um, obviously there are many ways to do it. One is just have an actual CRA initiative to, to low to moderate income. Um, it's redlining when you don't. We could call it greenlining or something else. We can actually make sure that that, that we are hitting those LMIs, uh, LMI areas. So any more commentary about how that sort of works and how to kind of balance approach
2: Sure. I mean, well, you know, it's you, you really a balanced approach is really the best way to do it. You don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket, targeting a certain group of people. You want to really you, you get a certain number of impressions, and so impressions in the mobile world are going to be a, a view. So when someone views an ad, that's one impression. You've made an impression on that person, you could say. Um, and you want to you want to not only hit your own group of people. You don't only want to hit people who are high income. You don't only want to hit people who are marked as in as in market for a mortgage. You know, you also want to run some general sort of prospecting campaigns that can help you narrow down who the right person is to target. You know, you want to hit other some other locations as well, because there's going to be there's also going to be some people who might not fall in the bucket that you think they're supposed to be in. There's probably going to be some hand out in other places as well. So I, w- I would say don't focus all of your your money and your impressions on one specific person. And then also, like Josh said, you want to run also some other campaigns that will hit those LMI areas to balance things out. So, you know, that's another thing that we do really well is while we can also target people based on having a professional job, being employed, having high income, owning their home, we can also do the exact opposite. We can focus in on areas where people might need some help getting a mortgage that they can afford, you know, where people are, are not employed, but, um, you know, have benefits and are able to uh, to still look for a home or a good, happy place to live with their family. And so Rain can help you do that as well.
0: Well, I think, you know, one of the other things, you know, I would like for us to touch on in um, in closing because you brought that up um, is the um, CPI versus um, CPC, you know, because a lot of people go in this cost per click model um, because I know they clicked. I know all that. And I think, you know, what I've um, sort of tried to evangelize and we've never even really talked about this is so many people discount that impression. The same person that will go out and spend you know, a significant part of their budget on TV will then turn their nose up to um, an impression on on digital. It's thing. Literally the same <laughs> thing. I would dare say even better because at least from that impression, I do have the opportunity to click. Okay, I didn't this time. And it's like this whole, like, lack of um, understanding or, or sort of everybody forgets the frequency model that I need to see this, you know, up to seven well, times. And it's the right person
1: right. And, you know, as opposed to TV where, you know, could be anything it could be no one could be in the room exactly and i'm
0: not knocking on tv we
1: still place an incredible
0: amount of tv because again having having this you know um all this um area but i think there's a definite trap around um around concentrating too hard on cost per
3: click versus cost per impression just impression count overall yeah i mean i completely agree impression count means a lot of things but having the targeted right impressions on apps that people are using in the right ad size you want to see a full-page ad or sponsored content in Instagram but one of the things you know when you're talking with someone they've heard it a bunch of times well I want 10 million impressions for X amount of money well you can get that but you're gonna have terrible inventory and your ad size unless, unless
0: it's Chicago LA whatever I mean you could For sure. Absolutely
3: agree. But it's, it's not the cost per impression. Yeah, Yeah, it's not the cost per impression. It's reaching the right person with the right ads in the right apps that are relevant at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: you know, one of the things I go back to, and I hate to keep relating this to direct mail, but it's, um, I am a certified direct mail expert, by the way. I don't know if I ever told you guys that (laughs) the U S government gave me that merit badge. Um, but, I mean, one of the things, one of the old adages about direct mail, because there is some sort of loose correlation of this, is 70% of the effectiveness of a direct mail piece is the quality of the list. And the difference is you had to go out and buy the list. You had to mine the list. or You had to do what... And it was this, like, set thing. Like, maybe you would expand that list a little bit here and there, and you're still only getting a 1% response rate even out of the, you know, more than that out of the best list. But this isn't a list. This is a living, dynamic world that matches the criteria of that list, so it's... Even better But again I just want to I guess You know It helps you guys More than it helps me But I look at it As the triple dip So you've got the impression You know If you pay And you do this well enough You've got the right impression To the right eyeballs Because that's what We're trying to buy And I would go down To sort of a um, The opposite side Of the coin Which is Hopefully you have Some conversions Right But we can't predict that And then the middle ground Is some people Who are influenced Maybe they clicked through But didn't convert And um, yeah, Looking at Yeah yeah. But, and, and then you got to run that campaign next month or next week, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. they, no one's – rarely is anyone convinced on that first pass. And those people you convince on the first pass might be your worst customers because they converted too easy too early. But you still have that triple dip. Somebody knows about you that didn't know about you before potentially. Someone clicked and, and, and you know, having a retargeting campaign on top of that. I mean, we can, again, we can keep talking about this. Lead capture, put them in your email list, and you have first-person data. I mean you know start cycle hopefully yeah. but then you do have your conversions but i, I see people over concentrate on clicks or conversions and just forget that I mean, we had a campaign i mean we regularly have campaigns with these really the, we don't ask for the we, we know we use impressions as a guide right but um i mean second at two i know i keep using this number but because the the campaign i use most often in our Sort of PowerPoint that we show this stuff is yeah, but it got 2.4 million impressions. Right. Like, let's not forget that 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 2.4 million people saw your ad, and not just people, just generic little a- gray avatars, um, real people.
2: That's right. It's 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 the right person. You know, and a lot the, of a lot of people will get so fo- will get so focused on uh, on CPM. A lot of people get so focused on CPM and just think, oh, you know, I got these ads for for $2 CPM or something, or $3 CPM, and it's like, well, you know, they're most likely a general ad going out to the entire U.S. in a tiny little banner size, like Ben touched on earlier.
0: To, to fulfill a budget that you typed in yourself, right, that you kind of targeted.
2: That's right. I mean, that's right. And so my, my advice to to any bank marketers who are listening to this podcast would be to really, really dive deep into and ask about what you're really being sold. You know, are you just being sold eyeballs? Are they the right eyeballs? Are they the right impressions, the right apps, the right data that these people are using to target? Um, You know, there's a lot of different aspects. And and when you add all these different things, when you add a really uh, competitive geo-targeted area, when you add a really popular app, when you add a large ad size, that might be one uh, that the user is forced to interact with and takes up the whole screen you know, when you add all these different data points, that's all going to increase the cost of a campaign, but in return, it's going to increase the effectiveness. And so what I would say is a low CPM isn't necessarily a good thing, and a high number of impressions isn't necessarily a good thing. So focus on hitting the right person at the right time, at the right place, with the best-looking ad, for the best product for them.
0: Hey, we've done that a few times, right? That's Actually, right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's so, so real quick, one thing I... Uh, I want to do this. We need to. We need to wrap up. And I know I'm the one that keeps extending it. But um, one of the things that I know that bank marketers are hearing. I know the other platforms. I know all this other stuff. So there's kind of this manual. I would call it kind of like prosumer. I can type in um, these ad networks, things like that. And some are better than others. Um, I, I was telling you guys about LinkedIn. Like for B2B, you're you're getting some pretty good stuff if right. you're. It's great inventory. You're doing it yourself and all that. But very specific, very manual, not very automated. But one of the things we haven't talked about is AI. And, you know, there, there there are these companies out there that drive me absolutely nuts. You've heard me talk about this on the podcast. Our computer modeling AI. And, you know, one of the things um, that, you know, when we've talked about this process, I mean, there are real humans involved. But there is, I mean, humans can't do everything. And there there are algorithms and computations and things like
1: that. But I mean, this is a real, um, I I view you guys as a more holistic approach to that. Yeah, there's something about an actual, you know, human account manager on each campaign going in there on a daily basis, monitoring in real time and optimizing towards the best performing apps, the best performing locations, you know, making sure budget is being allocated to the the places that are performing the best, and, and actually being able to communicate that information to the client and then back and forth having that relationship.
0: Well, there's a double self-serving thing. I want you guys to hear me say something I say about you guys behind your back. Um, But it's actually, it sounds like negative positive, but it's, you know, somebody's like talking about this. I'm like, these guys are in there manually working on this to get you the most impressions because they're selling impressions. But that's a good thing because they have to sell you good impressions. So there, you guys are in there tweaking it every day to make sure you max out impressions because it behooves you, but also works for the client. And the way I look at it is those, those win, win, like win for both sides situations. Um, I mean, there's nothing negative about that. I mean, it just is part of your job is to maximize impressions, but that works well for the client when it works well for you guys. So it's like, yeah, we got a ton of impressions and, and the right impressions. So, um, I'm very appreciative of you guys, um, how you approach that.
2: That's, so, that's right. Yeah. And, some, and you know, we're not only just doing manual uh, things on the day to day as well. I mean, sometimes I do, I have to pull out the beakers, put on the lab coat, get, in get the, the mech suit. Yeah. Get in like, the, mix, step, yeah. into the big <laughs> mech suit. You know, there are a lot of tools to leverage out there Facebook and Google. And, and uh, you know, these guys have some of the best algorithms out there as well. And so they're two, obviously, two of the partners that we work with. And uh, use the but, Google? The Google. Yeah. Capital D. Capital <laughs> <laughs> So, any
0: other parting thoughts to kind of. Drive it home.
2: Well, I would just uh, when when any bank is putting together a marketing strategy, I would just try to think about who your ideal customer is, and then uh, work work with us to try to figure out you know how we can nail that down in the digital environment. So hey, what you know do they like golf? Do they eat steak sandwiches for lunch? I mean these are just two random examples, but try to get as granular as possible. Put together a customer profile. You know how many kids do they have? How old are those kids? What's what micro stage of life are they in? As you talked about earlier, Josh, those are all the important things to consider. And the beauty of going on mobile, going on digital, I would say in general, is that you have the opportunity to think about those things, not just hey, you know, what tract are we going to hit? You know, what channels there? You can get so detailed. So make sure you don't get lost in the details, and make sure you don't miss any.
0: I want to target um, bank marketers that really like Doritos. We'll get that done. Do we, can we get them? I've got a list: <laughs> Nacho Cheese Doritos. Randomly.
3: That's the best flavor. I don't, I don't want any of that Cool Ranch nonsense. I oh, disagree yep. strongly. Uh, oh. James and I will not agree so, so on this. There,
0: so we have a Cool Ranch, a nacho. I'm Cool Ranch. I'm, I'm going to say Cool Ranch. ranch. Cool, cool ranch, ranch as well. <laughs> hey, we're tied. Bobby, tiebreaker. Cool Ranch time or breaker. nacho cheese?
2: Spicy nacho.
0: Well, That's so we're still gonna nacho, nacho cheese. Oh, yeah, nacho. Yeah, we win. Oh, That's nacho. All right, guys. Rainlocal.com. Is that right? That is That's right. right. That's right. I don't know. I just know you guys, so I can... texture or whatever so for all you guys out there um, you know I'd never promote myself but obviously putting an agency with it's always good I guess I don't know We at least it works for us it works for you guys Um, so another Marketing Money Podcast I feel this is weird like I don't have John maybe he's here in spirit I should have should have Skyped him in or something but anyway we got done I I think it's the best episode we've ever had Oh, yeah, i definitely could, I say so. I agree more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. The nacho cheeses have it. See you next time.